0: Mannequin Chill is back, and we are rookie mocking today. We're going to go through a couple rounds. We'll see how far this goes, but we're going to start by going through a super flex mock just Shane and I, just like we did with the startup picks. We're going to go back and forth this first round, especially we're going to do some scenarios as to what you might want to do. If you're in this position, either in this position now, or you're going to be in this position here in a few months, So we're going to use a unique format. We're going to use a 12 team superflex start 11. So that's not going to shock anybody 30 man rosters. So that'll probably be a little more relevant as we get later on in the rookie draft exercise, but we're going to do six point per passing touchdown. We're going to do two PPR for tight ends. Those are the nuances that we're throwing into this format. So Shane, before we start, just immediately, what comes to your mind when you hear it's six point per passing touchdown? And we'll assume it's just still the standard for interceptions like negative one, nothing else fancy about the QB scoring. And then two PPR for tight end. What, What is your just initial reaction if you're holding draft picks with those parameters? I don't think it
1: changes the top of the board too much. It definitely moves Brock Bowers up, probably over Malik Neighbors. We'll see when we get there. And I gotta be honest with you, it kinda brings JJ McCarthy into the mix before some of the other receivers that I normally would have taken in a let's say four point passing touchdown.
0: Yeah, we did do the the rookie mock a little while back. But this is going to be a little more specific. We're going to try to dial into each pick a little more specifically here. Uh, We did that player versus pick exercise, if you remember. This is going to be a little different. This is going to be focused just on having these rookie picks. Kind of what is your mindset if you're in this slot? What are you trying to do now? And obviously here soon, we're going to have more data when it comes to the combine. And then very quickly after that, we'll start getting pro day results and stuff. So you're going to see, I think, towards the back half of the first... Into the second and third, there's going to be a little more clarity, I think, for how people view these picks versus right now. Doesn't it feel like, Shane, if you're just at the back of the first, you're kind of in no man's land where you don't want to aggressively buy them unless your process is, I want picks. But it's also very hard to move them for something that wants you to get off of the pick when you know you're sitting on a mystery box that's really not going to emerge here for the next couple months.
1: Right. Like you want to sell those picks for Nico Collins, Michael Pittman, etc., that range. Uh, Unfortunately, no one in your league wants to buy those picks at that price, maybe when it's less ambiguous. After the combine pro days, maybe we'll have a better, more concrete idea of who's going to be there. And then there's picks will become a little more valuable.
0: Yeah, I think we'll get into that here when we start the exercise that if you can trade a guy like Metcalf for the 109 and you get a second on top of it, A, the 109 becomes not just a receiver. You already know you're probably going to have receiver options there, right? It could be a quarterback, could be a tight end and two PPR. It could be you're very close to being able to move up one spot to get a quarterback because now you have a free second which you might not have been able to do the deal if you still had DK Metcalf. So just kind of understanding what you could do with the picks, that flexibility has to be worth something, especially since we're two and a half months out from rookie drafts. So I'm going to go ahead and start. We'll go alternate order. I have the 101, Shane has the 102, et cetera. We're going to go at least one round. Then we'll maybe change it up and uh, do the rest of the draft. But we're going to start with the 101, six point per passing touchdown. So there's a couple things to consider here. I am drafting every odd numbered pick here, but I obviously do not have all of these picks for a team. So this pick, I think is still very pick dependent. If I have multiple picks inside the top five, top six, I'm probably willing to go Marvin Harrison here still, just given that I'm going to have an option to get a quarterback probably in one of those spots. But depending on where you're at on Malik Neighbors, a lot of people are talking now Malik Neighbors is right there with Mark. So you have an option with him as well. So I think if you need quarterback or want quarterback or need receiver or want receiver, you actually have some flexibility at 101 to pick your poison. I'll just stick with the status quo six point per passing touchdown sheer points i'm probably guessing caleb williams will outscore most receivers here unless the receivers are just out of this world so i'm gonna go caleb williams Mm -hmm. at the 101 i don't think we need to really talk about the trade value of these top five or six picks we already did that you and i probably value them very highly to where we're not trading them unless what i'm getting back is one of 10 to 15 players or less there's nothing else that's even in the discussion so caleb 101 you're up at the 102
1: so you brought up the marvin harrison Malik. Leak neighbors thing. And what's interesting about that is that makes me obviously less bullish on where I'm going to take Marvin Harrison, knowing that, again, if I have multiple picks, let's say I have the 102 and the 105, where maybe a month ago I go, well, that's Marvin Harrison. And hopefully a, a quarterback falls there too. I don't really know that I'm going to be that heartbroken if I don't get Marvin Harrison and do get. Malik Neighbors later. All that to say that I'm just going to lean into the format, lean into what matters most in Superflex as far as at least a value perspective if not a production perspective, and I'm gonna have to stay true to my own board. I have Jaden Daniels as my QB two, so I'm gonna go Jaden Daniels.
0: Interesting. So with what you just said, Caleb Williams goes 101. Let's say you did have the 105. Do you want to get stuck with two QBs? And I know I'm saying stuck, meaning it's not a bad problem to have. But let's say you have 102, 105, but you already have Joe Burrow or CJ Stroud, or and you're, you don't really want to draft two quarterbacks, right? I know you. You don't want to draft yourself two more quarterbacks when maybe you have Joe Burrow and you have Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So you're like, I don't need two rookie quarterbacks here. In that case, would you have taken Marv instead and just gambled that you get a quarterback? Because you may not get a quarterback. That's the thing. You may get stuck with Marv and Malik neighbors. But would you have done that here? Because now you're at a situation where you took Jaden Daniels. What if your 105 is then you get stuck with the QB? Or will you go alternative to another option if you get stuck with the QB? Let's just say you do have the 105 here. What are you trying to do? You are trying to move up a spot to secure yourself a receiver?
1: I don't even know if I'm moving up a spot for a receiver. Brock Bowers is still sitting in my head in a two-point okay. PPR, um, tight end PPR. So, and then that's part of my thinking, too, is I think someone will probably take Brock Bowers at three or four. If I did have the 102, I should be in a position where I can still get a receiver. I have quarterbacks on my roster, too. Here's a beautiful thing. It is February when we're doing this rookie draft, and I know some of us actually have rookie drafts going on right now because, well, we're insane. That still gives me, let's see, I'm not great with math, but about seven months to make additional moves if I need to. So right now I am about, let's just get the value. If it's at the quarterback position, someone's going to come knocking prior to the season. If the season comes and I'm stuck with the stuck with three top, and quarterbacks. Well, then that's a different problem and we'll see what we need to do at that point.
0: Yeah, I think if you're in this format, it just makes all these picks much closer together, meaning like you're not as bullish on, I have to have the 102 versus the 103 or the 104 versus the 105. So I agree with you. The tier is pretty strong with six. They could go in any order. There's going to be somebody, probably one person at least that picks based on their needs and not in exactly your board. So I'll go 103 Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think he'll fall to 103 in many drafts unless it's uh you know, really enhanced quarterback scoring or it's a 14-teamer or something like that. He may fall. I think the auction league we are in, it's a 16-teamer. I have the 104. That one, I feel like I'm in a good spot, right? I have the 104. I need a a quarterback, but I'm also okay if I don't get a quarterback because I think I have Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. So I could get by but I don't feel good about it. But I'm at a good spot where I think I'm kind of protected in the top four in a 16-teamer. So Marvin Harrison, 103. I'm okay kind of just taking the value here. I think you can probably trade him for better quarterbacks than what's on the board right now, even though there's a couple quarterbacks that are here going to go pretty soon. So
1: you're up at 104. What are you doing? Here's where it gets interesting. Fun spot to be in. Do I take the quarterback who is currently the QB 13 in dynasty football, having not played a down, which is a beautiful thing? Uh, Drake May, do I go with who is a top 10 wide receiver in Malik neighbors also has yet to play a game in the NFL. And I didn't even bother to look at Brock Bowers, but I'm going to assume he's coming in as uh the tight end too, at worst in dynasty. And in this format, it might be a little bit better right now. I am of the mind that I want to take the, the position and the player that I could most easily move if I want to. And if they hit, and for me right now, that's going to be Drake May. That might change in a month. That might change in two months. But if I'm drafting today, that's what I'm going to do, which is pretty funny because Scott alluded to earlier. I am not the quarterback hoarder guy. We'll assume the 102 and 104 aren't the same team. We'll also have to make the assumptions that at 104, this is going to be very dependent on your roster. Do I already have a Joe Barrow? Do I already have not just one quarterback, but two quarterbacks? Do I have a Joe Barrow and a Tua Tagovilova? Maybe I pronounced that correct. Probably not. Do I have Joe Barrow and maybe a level above that, Dak Prescott? Do I have Anthony Richardson and Deshaun Watson? In those instances, I'm going to go another way. Which way I'm going to go, I'm not going to tell you, but it's not going to be Drake May because I believe me and you have some drafts, rookie drafts where we are in together. So I'm not going to specifically tell you what I'm going to do in those instances that exist, but it would be very context dependent. And part of that is because this tier is very close, even though it's cross-positional.
0: So I want to put your feet to the fire a little bit because you mentioned Drake May as the easiest if he hits that you'll be able to move. But then you also said that you would draft drake may here only if you had a need at quarterback so those kind of contradict so basically you're saying what scenario would you be interested in moving drake may given you had a quarterback need would it just be he hit now i can get something else i can tear down i can tear up that kind of thing or because you use the value argument but then you also said if you had two elite quarterbacks or two top 12 quarterbacks already you wouldn't take him is that just the risk of if he doesn't start or doesn't start well then you're stuck with them like a bryce young type
1: there's exactly that so i'm trying to think of the this- the entire 360 degrees range of outcomes, right? If he hits and I don't have a need, great. I can still move him. If I do have a need, obviously, it make it works even better for me because then I, I just plug him in there, I leave him in there, and we don't have to worry about it. But if I do don't have a need for him and I draft him and he doesn't hit, this pick is completely wasted. If it hits, obviously I I can move him, the other two quarterbacks. It gives me that flexibility. But again, if he doesn't hit, which is in the range of outcomes with a quarterback in the NFL, the quarterback's probably about, what, 50% hit rate. So I am taking a gamble here. But if he doesn't hit, yeah, it's a dead asset. And I don't know how long it'll even hold value because you look at Bryce Young, who was the 101 or 102 in most drafts last year. And if you're lucky, you can get the 110, 111 for him right now. And that's from the perspective of he didn't hit.
0: Yeah, I think we have to be very careful when we use the words hit or didn't hit because... Bryce Young, he didn't hit from like he helped you, but he didn't miss. You still get a first for him, probably. Now, if you sit him on him another year and he's awful, you're going to be able to get less for him. And then if you sit on him for two more years and he's not good, then you're probably going, okay, he's probably not a good NFL starter. And then he's going to be where Sam Darnold was or where Baker Bayfield was. Like it could be buried to where you don't, nobody really wants him. So I like, think we have to be careful on what does the tail look like for these assets when they're not as good as you think they're going to be. Even if they're not elite, what does the tail look like if they're just good players? So I think you just have to kind of understand the trajectory. It's very hard for a guy like Drake May to just be Justin Herbert, CJ Stroud. Like we expect that, but the range of outcomes is probably somewhere in the middle. So I can't argue with taking him because you're right. If he is a guy like Justin Herbert or CJ Stroud or Joe Burrow, you're on, Three first value basically overnight. So I like that. I'm going to go Malik Neighbors at 105. This is a spot where quarterbacks are pretty much gone in terms of who you would take here. If I also didn't care who I had between my roster construction, receiver, or tight end, those are interchangeable in a two PPR. I could live with Brock Bowers over Malik Neighbors because I think the points per game is probably pretty similar. So I'd be willing to move back a spot for basically whatever somebody would give me. Future second, a bump up somewhere else, something like that. But I think these picks are almost equal. So I'll let you pick. Pick at 106 Uh, i assume you're going brock bowers and am i right on that assumption yeah and i don't know that
1: we even need to have any discussion here if brock bowers falls air quotes if you're listening to this on a podcast um form if brock bowers falls to 106 you would have to be pretty ballsy not to make the pick right here or you are what's the word i'm looking for really bullish on jj mccarthy which seems to be a trend over the last few weeks.
0: I agree with you. I think those two picks are in the same tier. I'm going to go J.J. McCarthy at 107 six point per passing touchdown, getting a quarterback that reportedly is going to go in the top 12. You know, in this type of format, especially if some of this steam on McCarthy continues, do we almost have to start considering that 107 as maybe it's not part of the tier, but here's what it is, Shane. There's also rumors of Roma Dunze, who may be your pick at 108 going in the top 10. All I need is JJ McCarthy or Roma Dunze to go in the top 10, top 12. I know both are going to be pretty strong assets. Do you start considering that 107 closer to that? elite tier? If you have 107s, you don't really want to move off of them either right now either, right?
1: I got to be honest with you. 107 is a great place to be. 107, obviously 108 as well, because there's going to be people that just don't believe in J.J. McCarthy because of the counting stats. And frankly, we haven't seen the volume in college that would make most people feel better. But I'd say 108 is, and this is really good, 108 right now, I am comfortable with those picks. I don't feel a need to move any of them. I'm happy with any of these players I can get and the beauty of it, it's quarterback, wide receiver, and the tight end. It, it's its every position you could ever want. You know, obviously not running back, but whatever. We'll get to them at some point, I'm sure. Obviously, there's a vast difference between Caleb Williams, J.J. McCarthy, and Roman Dunze. But I'd say that it's a solid 101 through 108, which, you know, we've been doing this for a while. That is not always the case.
0: So hypothetical, you are going Roman Dunze at 108, correct? Oh, yeah, I thought I didn't even say that, huh? Yeah, I'm going wrong. So let's say it is a team where you're kind of stuck in the middle. You don't have any glaring needs, but you could use both quarterback and wide receiver. And all you have is the 102. So you're not even getting to choose which one you want. You're probably going Marv or you're going... Caleb Williams, or if you really want to go quarterback, you can, but you're looking to get out of that pick because you need more than one piece, right? Would you trade the 102 for the 107 and the 108 in this format? Two for one. You don't even get to see what goes at 101. You may be trading Caleb. You may be trading Daniels. You may be trading Marv. You're probably guaranteed to be trading at least Daniels, but you don't even get to see 101. You are just trading that now in February. Someone offers you 107 and 108 for 102. Are you doing it?
1: No, and I'm just looking at our drift, how it's turned out. JJ McCarthy and Rome. I am very, very bullish on well, Jaden Daniels, but I'd be fine with getting Caleb Williams there or Marvin Harrison. You know, it's gonna be one of those three. So I'm hundred percent on board and I think those players are at least a tier, if not two, above players at one oh seven and one hundred eight. Again, as of today. JJ McCarthy blows up the combine. We hear about how he's killing the whiteboard and he goes top six. I, I will readjust my thinking to uh to the facts on the ground
0: so it's funny i have 18 of my 43 leagues where i have not tracked my draft picks yet so they haven't rolled over i haven't been able to log what the draft picks are but the most popular pick I have right now is the 104. So I'm just kind of thinking maybe I should go to those leagues where I have those 104s and see if I can move back. If it's a format like this, where quarterbacks matter and tight ends matter, that might be a shot. I I don't know. Curiously, what do you think the odds are somebody accepts that deal right now? They would take the 104 and they give you those two picks. It's got to be the team. The team has to have 107, 108. If they don't, I mean, that's not going to work. So it's probably rare you're going to see this exact deal, but what do you think the odds are?
1: I think the odds are pretty good because again, then they still have some power over the pick, some power over the choice. They still have more of a decision as opposed to scenario that's handed to them. Like in this case, you land at 107 and you're like, all right, well, I guess I kind of have to go JJ McCarthy here based on the situation. 104 is kind of the breaking point. I think you could, I think you could get that deal done. I think if you want the 104, you could get that.
0: So I'm going to continue 109. I'll go Brian Thomas Jr. I think he's probably starting to emerge as the clear, our wide receiver four. Honestly, I think this could change a lot between now and the draft, now in the combine, now in pro days. I mean, you're going to start seeing these profiles get dissected even more, but I think he's pretty much assured to get draft capital. Can't remember what show it was, but I was listening to that Brian Thomas, uh, I believe his GPS calculations was he was the fastest receiver in the draft, faster than neighbors, faster than Marv. The only receiver in the draft to clock over 22 miles an hour, which was right up there with basically, I think it might've been even 23. I can't remember, but it, it was up there with the fastest receivers in the NFL. And I didn't know that. But when I heard that, I was like, okay, he may not test to be the fastest, like sprinting in the 40, but using some of that game field data, the GPS data that he's, I mean, he's, he's big and fast. So I think he's probably the version of the next big X receiver that's got everything other than the production profile that people are going to fall for. So I think he's going to go in the first, probably top 15, top 20. If you see three receivers go in the top 10, I think he's going to be the fourth, which means he's probably getting top 20 draft capital. So I think he's clear 109. Uh, this is where I'm curious what you're doing, because that that pick's easy for me. Everything yeah. else I've seen pretty much all over the board. So what are you doing? So I, I feel
1: like this is a dart throw, right? Okay. So if I'm going to be throwing darts... I. I... I don't know. I don't have a good analogy here, but I want to throw a dart at something that has like some extra oomph. Uh, I'm going Sanders. I don't love the pick. And I got to be honest with you, this is where I'd go. I don't want to make this pick. Can I trade out? There's a thousand percent chance I could get Sanders at 201 or 205 in some of these drafts. I, I, this is a dark throw country for me right now. So I won't even lie to you. I have five rookie drafts that are before the NFL draft and I have five, one ten picks. I'm probably going to pick four different guys.
0: So this is the, this is the spot where the listeners could probably go look. And if they have one tens or below, this is the spot you're comfortable just blinds moving back 202, 206, 201 205 Like you're, you're, would you even do like a two Oh two in a future second? And you yes. just tack on the, like, so it's basically if you can split this for a pick in the next five or six picks and a future asset, you would just do that and just let someone else make the decision. Cause it's just a flat tier of a bunch of good players that we know are probably all going to get good draft capital, right? Exactly. Top 50 picks. There's going to be probably seven to eight guys that are going to get good draft capital here, not including a running back that we may see get capital enough to where, you know, I, th- I think there's going to even be a running back or two Shane that goes to a good landing spot. But even if they get like round three draft capital people will be looking to draft in this range because it's just pick your guy you know someone needs a running back they'll use a 112 on them or 110 on them just if that's who they want they'll take
1: them yeah 100 i guarantee you we're gonna see the top draft at running back assuming it's not like round five or round four which i don't think it will be you will definitely see running backs going off the board in this range i think you probably start seeing them quite honestly around the Rome range too Cause there's some people that just don't believe on believing in them based off what he did in college. So yeah, this is where assuming these running backs get even third round draft capital, like you said, and a decent landing spot, they, they, probably will start getting steamed up.
0: Yeah, for me, with the 111, 112, 201, there's three clear picks that I would make here. But again, they're very much preference-based. I go back and forth on which profile I like better, but I also go back and forth on who's going to get better draft capital. So for me, I'm going to go with the one that I think is going to get better draft capital, but I don't think has a better profile. So I'll share my other pick when you're done making your pick at 112, but I'll go Keon Coleman at 111. Don't love the profile, but I think he's going to get draft capital because he's got raw tools. He's extremely young. Somebody's going to draft him in the first round. Outside of that, if I have him, and I think if he goes in one of those spots to the end of the draft that is seen as a good offense, I think I'll be able to move him. But I am a little worried. Like I'm not looking at, okay, I drafted him. He's automatically going to be a threshold receiver right away. Like I look at him as almost the opposite of how I saw somebody like Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. Like maybe they don't have a high ceiling, but like he, he does, I hate to give the Quentin Johnston comp but I could see it for Keon Coleman where not a lot of people like him. He's already kind of getting a little bit of negative press or negative publicity for his profile. And then he goes somewhere and it's like, I got to see it. And I don't necessarily want to be stuck with the I got to see it, but I do think he'll be the next receiver off the board. So I'll go him at 111. I'm curious who you're going at 112 and then maybe we can each share uh, some alternative options that we had before we finish. So what are you doing at one uh, 112 to end it?
1: I'm just going to go with another receiver that looks like he'll have first round draft capital right now. Most of the mocks, Troy Franklin, we didn't draft him already, right? No. Okay. Um, Nope. (laughs) I I don't want to pretend that I'm a scout at this point of the draft. I'm going with uh, who has the best situation slash draft capital that the community likes that I can maybe draft here. And if he gets positive news in the preseason, maybe I could even move him. If he gets steamed up.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't have him. I have Xavier Worthy as the other guy that I would have considered uh, instead of Keon Coleman. I think Worthy is going to be a guy that has the profile. He has a trait very much that the NFL is going to covet. So I could see him going in the first round as well. If you told me Xavier Worthy gets first round draft capital, I would take him as my wide receiver four pretty easily or wide receiver five pretty easily. But I don't know that yet. All the mocks usually have him going mid-second, early to mid-second, which when you're talking pick 27 late first and pick 35 early second, I don't really see a big difference between that, but I'd have to almost see that part first. But if he gets capital, he's going to be my wide receiver five, most likely. Any final thoughts on this one, Shane?
1: Context actually matters a lot, as always, but especially so in a class where there's this many good prospects. and at- various positions, especially quarterback or wide receiver. There's a bunch of different ways you can go depending on your roster. I wouldn't worry about positions so much as just getting elite assets and value um, on my roster that I can use at a later point if I need to.
0: Yeah, good point. I think this is uh, this is the time where you start going through your picks, seeing if there's any moves you can make now. I know the demand is not super high for the non-elite picks, but there's an edge. There's a bet to be made. If you want to bet to get out of one of these tiers and just bet that you're right, there could be big profit down the road. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this exercise. We'll be back with the next couple rounds here very soon. Minnick Chill is out.